God wants everyone on earth to know Him personally. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell teaches us about who God is and how He can impact our everyday lives. After you hear the Word of God and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are sealed at that very moment. That means there's no way you're going to fall out of the hand of God. My friend, when you turn to Christ and say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner and I ask you to come into my heart. My friend, when you ask Jesus to do that, forever He cleanses your sins away when you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was not just a savior. He was also a friend, a teacher, and mentor to his disciples. In our series, Lessons from Jesus, we will discover practical ways to apply God's principles to our everyday lives. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. Throughout the scriptures, Jesus taught his disciples lessons that would later become truths illustrated in the New Testament. Today, we will get a glimpse into how Jesus used teaching moments to reveal principles about the kingdom of God. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chappell with part two of a message called, Jesus Heals 10 Lepers. That when there is a humble heart of faith toward the Lord, there is a blessing and a manifestation of his presence in their life. Today is unique. Because today there are 10 men that come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice some things about these men as we begin today. Notice, first of all, the condition of the lepers. The Bible tells us in verse number 12, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Notice their condition is manifested for us in the text. They are called lepers. In the Old Testament, this was a general term for skin diseases and conditions and maladies. Sometimes the condition was so great that even to be touched by such a person was a contagion, a difficulty upon the person that was infected. Other times it was lesser in the sense of contagious, but still very burdensome and very troublesome. The leprosy that is mentioned in this passage was the type that would attack a person beginning at their joints, their knees, their elbows, perhaps uh, even their wrists. And oftentimes uh, these areas, including their fingers, would become so deadened by the fact that their nerve endings were now deadened because of the corrosion of skin that oftentimes when they would work with a tool or when they would carry a blunt object, they would be, uh, they would be torn or cut and infection would set in. And many times that infection would become filled uh, in a gangrene type of fashion. And oftentimes limbs were lost because of leprosy. And here we see ten men with such a disease. Not only did they have this disease of the skin, but we also know from the scriptures that they were isolated from others who did not have the disease. They were often quarantined, if you will. Leprosy was something that was to be avoided Uh, throughout Bible times and in many places even today. But one thing we must remember about leprosy is that in the Bible, leprosy is also taught as a picture of sin. And we must bear in mind as we study the lepers today that all of us fall short and are distanced away from God because of the leprosy of our heart called sin. It is interesting to me that the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, but we were all as an unclean thing and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The filthy rags in Isaiah are the 
kinds of rags that would be wrapped around someone with leprosy and then taken off sometime later, filled with disease and pus, a very putrefying type of a rag. And the Bible says, my best is like a putrefying rag. In other words, if you think you'll go to heaven because you're a good guy and you do some good things, you don't understand how far away from God we really are without Jesus Christ. All of our righteousness is as a filthy rag because the Bible says in Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have come short of the glory of God. That's why everybody needs a Savior. That's why everybody needs Jesus because of the leprosy of sin that separates us from God. Well, these men had physical leprosy. And so they stood afar off, the Bible says in verse 12. They could not approach Jesus. It was not permissible. And the Bible says in Luke 13, for, uh, rather Leviticus 13, 45, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and he shall cry, Unclean! Unclean! All the days when the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. That's how it was for a leper. They were a ways off from people. They couldn't go right in amongst the people of the village. And oftentimes they would cry out to someone coming near them, Unclean! unclean. They were literally separated from their mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers. They were unclean, unclean. I remember years ago going out to Edwards Air Force Base to visit some of our men who were working on a classified project. And they arranged to have a tour of this project. And they said, now, pastor, there's some things you're not going to be able to get near to, some things you're not going to be able to see because this is classified. And they said, in fact, when we check in, you're going to be given a, a red siren light and you're going to have to walk around with that light so that the workers know that if you come by, they've got to cover some things up because you don't have security clearance. And I remember walking around that aircraft in that area uh, saying, unclear, unclear. And I remember thinking to myself, this is what it must have felt like to have leprosy. To walk around saying, unclean, unclean. You see, having leprosy was not just a physical malady. It was a social enigma. It was something that was very difficult in someone's heart to be set apart in that way because of their difficulty physically. The disease was so, so dreaded that on a windy day, uh, it was said that you would stay at least 150 feet away from someone that had that particular disease. They were not to be anywhere near you. Without wind, you could get maybe six to ten feet from someone, but no closer. And so the condition of leprosy was a tragic condition indeed. But notice not only the condition manifested, notice relief is requested. The Bible says in verse 13, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, notice they cry out for mercy. And I want you to notice the word they use. They use the word master. They realized that Jesus was not just another teacher. They realized that he was not just some roving prophet. But they had come this way because they heard Jesus was a man of authority. They had heard some say he was the son of God. And they cried out to him, not in a normal way, but they cried out to him as one with lordship and one with power. And when they cried out to Jesus, they called him master and they recognized his authority. May I ask you a question today, those of you that called Jesus your savior, is he your master today? Is he the Lord of your 
life? Do you have a reverential awe for Jesus Christ? My friend, He is not to be referred to as the man upstairs. He is Creator God. He is Master and He is Lord. And you will never have prayers answered until you approach Him on the grounds of His mighty holiness. These men came and said, Master. And they called out to Him in this special way. And they said, have mercy. And I'm here to say to you this morning that we serve a God. We have a Savior who's full of mercy and compassion and loving tenderness toward those with all kinds of maladies and hurts and difficulties. He says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly of heart and you shall find rest for your souls. And I don't know this morning what hurts in your body. And I don't know this morning what challenge you might have in your life. But I know this morning that you have a master in Jesus who cares for you today. And when you come to him, he wants to hear from you and he wants to receive you. I'm glad I serve a savior who even cared for the lepers. I'm glad I serve a savior who cares for people all around the world with difficulty today. Well, the condition of the lepers was plain but notice secondly the cleansing of the lepers notice what happens for these lepers in verse 14 the bible says something amazing to me and when he saw them he said unto them go show yourselves unto the priests and it came to pass that as they went they were cleansed now notice all of the men were cleansed they were all healed and jesus with great compassion simply said to them go show yourselves to the priests. Now in the Bible days, it would be a priest who would be the one that would validate the legitimacy of a miracle. The Bible says in Leviticus 14 too, and this shall be the law of the leper in the day of cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. Jesus, when he said go to the priest, was already a foregone conclusion that they would be healed. And that if they by faith would follow his word and go to the priest, then they were entering into that conclusion and entering into the promise of that word. When he said go to the priest, it was as good as saying you are healed. He simply directed them to the place of validation. He merely commanded them to show themselves to the priest. And the Bible says as they went... They were healed. May I say to you this morning that no one is ever saved from the sin of leprosy until they obey the Word of God. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And when you understand that you are a sinner, and you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, my friend, in that very moment that you turn to Christ and believe on Him, you are saved. And at the very moment that these lepers turned to go to the priest, thank God they were healed. But I thank God that on April the 5th, 1970, when I realized that being a Baptist wasn't enough and being a preacher's kid wasn't enough and when I realized that I was a sinner filled with the sin of leprosy and I turned to the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, my friend before I could get the words out Jesus Christ saved my soul by His wonderful grace you understand this morning Jesus loves sinners and Jesus loves lepers and I don't know what your trial or problem is this morning I just know this that when you turn to him in faith I mean before you can get turned completely around he's ready to receive you he's ready to save you he's ready to help you in any way and these men simply went on their way and God did the rest he never said be healed he never touched them on the forehead he didn't make them fall down like the phonies on television my friend it wasn't a show it wasn't an act. This was the real hand and power of Almighty God changing ten lepers' lives forever. Why did that happen? 
Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the Bible says, He that comes to Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Those ten men believed that God was able, and that with the word of Jesus, they would move. And so the result of their faith, the Bible says, as they went on their way, they were cleansed. And my friend, when you put your faith in Christ, you also are cleansed. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 13, in whom He also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also believed that you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. After you hear the word of God and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are sealed at that very moment until the day of redemption. That means there's no way you're going to fall out of the hand of God. There's no way you're going to lose your salvation. There's no way He's going to kick you out of the family of God. My friend, when you turn to Christ and say, God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner and I believe Jesus that you died on the cross for my sin and I ask you to come into my heart and save me my friend when you ask Jesus to do that he cleanses you completely thoroughly forever he cleanses your sins away when you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ what a wonderful promise what a wonderful moment for the lepers they were all healed but notice secondly only one returned to give thanks and I want you to think about this for a moment Only one leper gave thanks. Only one. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now nine were healed but did not give thanks. Jesus had absolutely transformed them, absolutely purified them, but they did not give thanks. The Bible is very clear that we are a people who are most blessed and that we are to bring thanks and that we are to enter into His presence with thanksgiving. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. And that is a reference to the cross. That is a reference to the shed blood. I mean, you can't even put words hardly to it. It's an unspeakable gift. And God says, don't forget to say thank you. That's why we have the Lord's table seven or eight times a year. And that's why we drink the cup and the bread, just to remember His broken body and His shed blood. And to pause and say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you for what you did. God wants us to give thanks to Him. But nine did not. Only one gave thanks. The Bible says in verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. It it, it dawned on him, this Samaritan, my sores are gone. My pain is gone. He he has done what he said. He he came back and he glorified God. God. One old farmer went to the city for a weekend and had to take care of some business. He went into a restaurant. He sat down at the table and he did what every Christian should do before we eat. He just paused and he prayed, not extremely loud, not extremely long, but he just thanked God for the food. The crowd at the booth next to him said, ha, hey old farmer, does everybody do that back where you're from? Does everybody bow their head like that before they eat? The farmer didn't mean to come out this way. He just looked at him and said, everybody but my pigs. If you're saved, there ought to be a new nature in you. 
there ought to be something about you that causes you to remember that you didn't get saved on your own. You didn't save yourself. There's no self-made man. There ought to be something in you that causes you to remember you've been saved by the grace of God. You've been blessed to live in America. You drove in a car to church. You have a home to sleep in tonight. You've got something to eat tonight. You're not in the hospital today. There ought to be something in you that just pauses and says, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. I see the condition of leprosy was terrible. I see the cleansing of the lepers was miraculous. But I want you to see something that shook me to the core this week. And I want you to see it with me as we look finally at the considerations of Christ. Christ knows all, sees all. He is everywhere all the time. And notice what it says in verse 16. And this man fell down on his face at his feet, and he gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? But where are the nine? But where are the nine? Now I want you to notice a few things before we go this morning. First, Jesus considers our lack of response to Him. Jesus considers our lack of response to Him. A lot of times we say, give and it shall be what? A lot of times we teach that God sees all and, and we teach that God blesses what we do. But does God know when we don't do? Does God observe what we don't do are just the things that we do. And Jesus says, not a Baptist preacher, not, a, not some uh, thousand year later theologian, the Son of God, the Creator of the world, paused and He said, weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Samuel Leibowitz was a criminal lawyer who spent his life helping criminals that were facing the death sentence. He helped 78 men escape the death sentence, and not one ever came to thank him. But my friend, do you understand that when Jesus saved you, that you escaped a death sentence, that you and I escaped eternity in hell, do you understand what it means to be saved? Don't you think we ought to pause from time to time and just say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you for making me whole. Oh, listen. They had all experienced God's wonderful grace. But as we read in Romans 1.21, they were not thankful. Jesus said, I, I cleansed you all, but there's only one that has come. Just this one stranger, this one uh, uh, Samaritan paused to say thank you. What about a family that went out to eat and the waitress brought their dessert and put some ice cream on the little boy's plate. And the little boy said, thank you very much. And the waitress said, oh, I love to hear words like that. I love to hear thank you. He said, throw some more ice cream on there. You hear it again. <laughs> Sometimes we're thankful in a manipulative way. We're trying to get something out of somebody. But whatever happened to true gratitude? And is this church like the nine or like the ten? And where are the nine this morning? They did not come to worship God. Where are the majority of Christians that call themselves in America Christian? 
What's going on today with the nine? And, and, and Jesus says, where are the nine? And He takes note of the fact that we come to sing and praise and give. And He takes note of the fact when we don't come and praise or give. He knows where our heart is and where our faithfulness is to Him. And I want to encourage you this month and throughout the days of our lives that we would be expressively thanking God for what He's done in our obedience to His Word, in our giving of offerings to the Lord, in our expressions through prayer. Thank you, Lord, in our service to others. All of this saying, Lord, thank you for what you have done in my life. I just think it's amazing that Jesus considered the lack of response from some of those that were there that day. Now, if Jesus took note of nine lepers, do you suppose He knows your address? And mine. Do you suppose he sees our response to his missionaries? Our response to his mission? When we sing all hail the power of Jesus' name, do you suppose that he knows who's singing it from a heart of worship and who's watching to see when service will get over? He knows. He observes. He is always with us. Always watching over us. He considers our lack of response. And then finally, he commends our faith in him. Verse 19, he said, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Would you say that with me, please? Thy faith hath made thee whole. You see, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And you see, when this man had faith in the Word, go to the priest, he was made whole. And beyond that, he was made whole spiritually. He was cleansed. He was forgiven. He was given standing with God because of Jesus Christ. And friend, when you come to that place of realizing, you know what? I'm a sinner. I try, but I fall short. My righteousness is like a filthy rag. Jesus, I call unto you, and by faith I ask you to save me. God says, for by grace are you saved. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It's a Listen, what I deserve, according to Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life and so when I call on the Lord to save me by grace he saves me and through faith he saves me and when someone has enough faith to say Lord I fall short I admit I'm a sinner and I believe that you as the son of God died for my sin and I ask you to save my soul when someone has faith to call on the Lord not a church not a religion on the Lord for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. When you just say, Lord, I receive your gift of salvation. At that moment, salvation comes. When a man believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now my friends, this morning, God has power to cleanse and power to save. And if you need mercy today, He's waiting with his arms open wide to receive you today. And if you have received mercy, don't be one of the nine that shows up, gets what they can get, and goes on their merry way without ever acknowledging him again. Where are the nine? Are you a nine? God help us to be the ones that give Him gratitude and worship.
You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chapel preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chapel serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.